the really big picture. Uh, this is the fourth week. And at, before we jump in, I wanted just to give you a kind of brief uh, review uh, so everyone can kind of be caught up and on the same page. Um, we're going to be talking today about getting traction. And I'm going to be talking about kind of the big perspective of growth and how you move forward, how you actually make progress in life. And then Matt Sprankle is going to come and share uh, how you do that in the short term. What does it look like here and now to get traction in your life? Uh, Matt is the ministry team director here at Church in the Valley. Uh, he teaches social science in high school, a uh, longtime member of Church in the Valley. So I look forward to, to hearing from him. Randy's really good at baseball analogies, so I'm just going to try it. And it, I usually screw it up. I never played baseball a day in my life. But I'm like the setup batter, and he's the cleanup batter. Is that right? Sure, that means no, but I tried. Um, so we're going we're gonna to tag team it this morning. Look forward to hearing from Matt. But wanted just to give you kind of where we were headed uh, in the past three weeks. Uh, Neil Walker kicked off the series talking about the importance of living past me, uh, focusing not just on your own agenda in life, but learning actually who God is and what's his agenda. And what does it mean to daily spend time with him to learn what that is and how that unfolds? Uh, the week after that, Randy talked about living by a higher standard. And as we choose to do life God's way and he becomes the boss of our life, uh, we actually have a new identity and a new loyalty. And that shifts what's important to us. And God transforms us from the inside out. Uh, last week, we talked about the importance of teaming together and how what we can do with one another is far greater than what we can do by ourselves. And this is the idea of teaming voluntarily. Like I mentioned this morning, Matt and I are speaking on the importance of, of getting traction, making sure that we're living life in a way that we're actually going to get to the destination that we want to be. And sometimes to see where we're headed, you need to kind of take a look at the end. And in the end of my life, and I'm probably the same for you, you all here this morning, there's a part of us where we want to look back and know that we've actually had a life that's counted for something, that we've made a difference, uh, especially if you're a follower of Christ, you want to factor in that you've done what God wanted you to do. And in order to do that, you can't just focus on the end. You have to find out, well, what does that mean as I look long term? And then what does that mean as I live short term in the here and now? So Matt's going to talk about the short term. I'm going to talk a little bit about the long term and kind of the bigger perspective behind getting traction. Uh, the big picture helps us to focus on what's really important not just the little details and sometimes the little circumstances. The really big picture, and this is kind of the backdrop to all this this morning, is that God cares so much more about your own growth and development than you do. And he cares so much about my own growth than I do. There's this idea in the scriptures that God is our father. If you've committed your life to follow Christ, you are a son and you are a daughter of God himself. You are his child. And he has this relationship with you as father where he cares that you will grow, that you will make progress, that you're not going to keep hitting your head up against the same problems again and again. And so this backdrop principle is really from where everything flows this morning that we're going to be talking about. This idea that God as father loves us, cares for us and wants to see us grow. This is very important to him. I was reflecting on this and just chewing on this idea of God being my dad. And what does that mean in the spiritual sense? And as I was relating to my kids, something kind of hit me. My kids are going through this phase where they're just growing like weeds. And uh, I've shared weed stories before in my backyard, and we're not going to go there. But this idea of 
they're shoes that my kids wear. One week I put them on, and it's like the next week they no longer fit. And I'm on a walk with my daughter this past week, and she's wearing these shoes, and she likes them. They're like her fancy brown shoes. And as we're walking, like her foot is hanging out the shoe. And I'm a dad, and I didn't notice it until we were on the walk. And she's walking, and it's like she's kind of trying to walk. And I'm thinking, well, what? what's going on there? She's like, well, my, my feet don't fit. I thought, well, a key question I need to start asking, does everyone have shoes on that fits? That's with my daughter. With my son, does everyone have a shoe on on the right foot? And so the shoe is very important. And what I realized is as I was looking at her trying to, to make it and try to walk to where we were going... She wasn't able to make progress. In fact, it was hurting her feet. And there was a part I was like, okay, let's, let's go to the store to get you the shoes that you need. And then it hit me, we're, we're on a walk, so do we like walk back to the house to get to the car, to get to the store? And I, you know, all this in a split second, I'm thinking, okay, that's the picture. I really care that my kids can make progress just in walking, that they can get to where they need to go without too much pain, that it's the right fit. And that's really the same picture God has with us, as is our Father. He wants to make sure that we're in a place that we are going to make the right progress. And so what we're talking about today is talking kind of about what that looks like. And so we're going to talk through a passage in Ephesians 5 that's been a real help to me, uh, that kind of gives us this picture of knowing what God does in this process of of growing us. And so in Ephesians 5, I'm going to walk through it. It says, uh, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. If you have a pen and you're following along in your notes, if you can underline, understand what the Lord wants you to do, that's the key to getting traction. Knowing what God wants from your life. That's very important. And there's a twofold approach to living that you'll see in the first part of that passage, and that you either live wisely or you live foolishly. And briefly, I just want to paint the picture. The fool here is somebody who doesn't really know how to make life work together practically. It just They don't know how it all fits, and it, they can't really make progress. The wise person can see how life fits, but there's an intelligence that they have from not just seeing the pieces, but knowing God personally. And he's a factor. The wise person factors God into what's going on. And that's key to getting traction. And that's key to understanding what God wants you to do is knowing that he's real. He wants to impact your life. He wants to be involved in your decisions and how you treat people and what you do. So that's key to, to getting traction. Uh, There's this picture of understanding what the Lord wants you to do. And that's knowing your assignment. The key to getting attraction is knowing your assignment. It's twofold. Our assignment on this earth is to build and to battle. That just kind of sounds like a manly like movie. Let's go watch build and battle. And really it's the picture of what you're supposed to give your life to. The build there is, is really this picture of a, a house, literally like you could build a house. But it's, it's really a connotation of you want to build a life. You want to actually build a life that meant something. That made an impact. And so this building of a life is really this idea of over the course of your life, you look back and you've seen that that your life has counted for something. You you built something. This could also mean you you built a family. There's people that you've connected with and you you have a family at the end of your life that you can see that you've, you've built. 
with the help of God. The second part of this building is this picture of you have a personal story of, of God's faithfulness in your life. You're collecting these stories of how he has intervened at times when you face trouble, when you're in pain, when you weren't sure how everything was going to turn out. You're building by recognizing and remembering all that God has done. And in just the last 10 or 15 years of my life, just off the top of my head, I have so many stories where I can see God again and again has come through. When I was faced a hardship, a difficult time, he's come through for me personally. What I'm doing is I'm building a storybook of, of God interacting in my life. And this helps me as I launch into the future, remembering that as I face this here, I look back and know how he came through me here, came through for me here. So the stories I'm collecting help me as I face the unknown, help me as I face the future. The second part to this is the battle. So you build kind of this, a life and a, a personal collection of the stories. And then in the midst of it, you, you battle in the Ephesians passage. That's making the most of the opportunity because the days are evil. That's what the battle is. It's fighting the evil that exists. And we're in a fallen world here. And because of Adam and Eve, the first man and woman that God created, sin entered the world and things are messed up. We have sin in our own life that we deal with. People sin against us. There's sickness. There's disease. There's this picture of it's not all just nice all the time. There's lots of problems. And this resulted from sin. And the key to growth is not to just get crushed by the sin or get crushed by this fallen oh the world is it's terrible it's just going downhill i don't know what i'm gonna do and you can face despair in your own life you can face despair as you look out and see what's happening as you turn on the news anyone just turn on the news for kind of uplifting pick me up in the middle of my day no you turn on the news you're like okay turn that off but it's true it's a picture of what's happening But the key to battling isn't to just allow that to discourage us and cause us to to move backwards. The key is to to fight through that. There's three ways you can do that. The first is, is you need to battle your own wrong inclinations. Your own patterns of destruction that you do, whether it's big stuff or small stuff. Uh, The key to that is, like Neil talked about, the living past me, it's, it's getting in line with God's resources. And Matt's going to talk and share a little bit about how he's done that in his life. It's through the Bible reading. It's through prayer. It's building the right patterns. Another battle is, is we're constantly fighting, living by the world's ways according versus God's ways. And you, you see that all the time in, in media, in social world. You, you just see this aspect of, you know, the standards aren't exactly the same. What popular culture says that I should be doing or how I should be living or what I should be feeling, does that line up with what God says? And there's a constant battle. What do I do? Do I go with what God says or do I kind of go with what makes sense to me? Because that, that really seems like a really awesome destination. But you realize that that's not the path that God wants. Whether that's selfishness or just individual, just by yourself, make yourself happy. These are the things that the world says is important. And the third is we we actually have to battle the enemy himself. This is Satan. He's a real being that wants to come against us. If you're a follower of Christ, he does not want you to succeed. And he has an army of help to ensure that that happens. 
And so that, that's a part of, part of the battle. There's a handout in your program I want to refer you to. These are key activities for spiritual growth. When you think of battling, these activities, it's not an exhaustive list, but these are things that you can do to help you battle. This is related to involvement, involvement in Church in the Valley, steps that you can take to battle. But we wanted to provide this for you because we want to help you. We want to help you as you build. We want to help you as you battle. And these steps are things that you can do in your fight. And you might just want to look over that list. I'll refer them at the end of the message as we talk about next steps. Maybe there's one of those that you, you don't currently do. And maybe God wants you to take one of those activities seriously or take a choice seriously. Just look over that list. We wanted to provide that to be a help for you. But this idea of building and battling, they go hand in hand. You cannot build without knowing there's a battle going on. And you can't battle knowing that there's something that you're actually supposed to be building towards. There's something you're supposed to be moving toward in your life. I just finished a book by, uh, about the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German theologian who was in his 20s and 30s during World War II. And this book is kind of the story of, of his growth as a follower of Christ and then how he as a Christian dealt with the times of the Nazi regime, the Third Reich. What did he do? And really it's the story of his growth, his battles, his just pain of seeing people close to him die. And he himself was a part of a conspiracy to kill Hitler. I didn't really realize this. So I'm reading this book, I was like, wow. Guys, he was in the midst of it. He was in the middle of this huge conspiracy. And he was actually executed three weeks before the Americans liberated the concentration camp that he was in. And as I was reading this book, seeing this, this, this Dietrich Bonhoeffer as he was lived life, he, he had some really good perspective on the building and battling aspect of how both go hand in hand. He has this quote, which I wanted to share with you. It says, being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than about courageously and actively doing God's will. Basically what he's saying is, is you can't battle unless you are aggressively going after the things that are important to God. This sometimes doesn't make sense to me because sometimes when life is hard, I kind of want to give up. It's like, oh man, here I go again. I'm thinking the same thought I wasn't supposed to think. I'm doing the same thing or I'm saying the same thing that I said that I, I, I can't believe I said that again. There's this part where you just you get defeated. And what Bonhoeffer is saying, what he learned in his life was not to just allow this fear of sin or this fear of me messing up to stunt your growth, but ra- rather to aggressively and actively do God's will. You actually are battling by building. That's the key to getting traction. So I want to talk briefly of the, the long term. What does this look like? And then I'm going to invite Matt up. For the long term, kind of the big picture for the future, there's three things you can do to get traction. You can pray, you can plan, and you can keep faithful. You pray about the things uh, in your life that you don't have any control over. Those are often the things which myself I don't like. I don't have any control over it. It's frustrating. And you ask yourself, what's going to happen? And then you have to say, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I have the answer, I don't know, that's usually not my favorite. But depending on the type of person you are, there's different personalities. And you could be a planner 
where you have the next five or 10 years, 15, 20 of your life planned out. You could be the other type who are here and you're thinking, how did I get here this morning? And where am I? You just kind of fly by the seat of your pants. But there's a part of us that all of us, as we kind of look ahead to what our life wants to be about, where we want to end up, we we just have to pray about the things that, that we have no control over. Now, the, the plan to getting traction, this is you want to plan with the things that you do have control over, your resources. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your money? What are you doing with your gifts, your strengths? How are you using that to, to grow personally, to help others, to make an impact? So you plan with the things you have control over. You pray things that you don't. And then the last thing is, is you... You keep on doing right in the midst of it. In the midst of the unknown, as things are unfolding, you're not sure how it's going to work out. In your life, in your family, in your work, in church life, you want to keep on doing right. Galatians 6, 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. There's actually things that you will plant. Picture planting. These are the things that you're doing, whether it's good or bad. You're putting in the soil. You're working the soil. You put the seeds in there. For me personally, I want to see like a one-to-one ratio in a 24-hour period. That's why I'm not a farmer. doesn't work. There's this part where I plant it and I grow. doesn't work like that. The things that we actually do for God, the things that are right, the things that will help us get traction, you may not see come out of the soil for 10 to 12 years. Can you believe that? That doesn't even seem like that could make sense with the internet and everything. Right? But that's true. The same thing is true of the bad seeds. Things that we do are destructive. Things that we do aren't helpful. We may not see that outcome come for 10 to 12 years. There's a part of us where we get discouraged, where we're trying to do the right things. We're trying to turn around decisions that we made that were wrong or patterns that we've started that aren't helpful. And there's just a part of us where we just, we want to give up. Like, it's not worth it. God's not noticing. Is he there? And we question. The key in the long term, getting traction, is you you have to keep on. You cannot give up. It takes years. So I want to invite Matt up. As he talks about what does this look like, specifically in his life, as he's applied kind of this getting traction in, in the short term, in the here and now. Good morning. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk a little bit about getting traction in the short term. Uh, for me, the last uh, 10 years of my life have all been, it's been about building and getting started and establishing the different arenas of my life that I hope one day will, when I look back, I'll say, wow, that was a great life. Uh, I've started my career as a teacher. Um, I've started a marriage. I got married about eight years ago, so I've been establishing a marriage. My wife and I had some kids, and so we're starting our family. Uh, About a year ago, I started a company. Uh, I've been trying to plug away here at Church in the Valley. So in kind of every area and arena of my life that really matters to me, um, it's been about getting started, getting traction, and that, that requires getting traction today, tomorrow, next week, next month. And the Lord Jesus Christ has really helped me get traction in the short term, and that's what I'd like to talk about. Um, a key verse is the verse we've been looking at, which is uh, Ephesians um, 5.15. And it says that we should be careful how we live, 
We shouldn't live like fools, but like those who are wise. When I, uh, when I first read this verse and it actually kind of got on my radar, my question was, well, what, what does it mean to, to, to act wisely? You have to be wise to act wise. And uh, what I would think is, is that wisdom is about what you, what you know. You know, it's about what you've, you've learned in school and all the facts you have. And really wise people are really smart people. But um, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, wise people do know a lot of things. But wisdom is actually a lot more about who you know than it is about what you know. And that, that actually makes sense. Think about it. I was a swimmer. I used to swim the hunter butterfly. If I want to get fast at the hunter butterfly, I could watch YouTube I could read a book about the hunter butterfly. I could just go in the pool and grind out yardage. Or I could have a personal relationship with Michael Phelps. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in the mornings, we swam butterfly together. You know, actually swimming with Michael Phelps butterfly, talking to him, getting feedback from him, knowing him, that's going to lead me to make way more progress, get way more traction. If I want to build wealth and get, you know, get rich, I could go to school, which is great, and go to financial classes and try to figure it out. Or if for whatever reason I happen to know Warren Buffett and he had me over for dinner every Thursday night on his yacht and we looked over my budget, I'd probably get more traction. And so who you know is, is more important in terms of important factors than what you know. And since what I want to do and what I think what you want to do is you want to build a life, then when it's all said and done, you turn around and you say, I had joy, I had peace, I had lasting relationships, I had honor. I had a certain security to my life. If, if you want that, I want that. Then you have to know the one who holds it all together. You have to know the creator of the universe. You have to know Jesus Christ. When I first reached out to him, when I first began to personally know him, he began to turn the parts of my life around that were going in the wrong direction. And he began to teach me how to get traction in the areas that I really care about. He can teach you how to be the best student. He can teach you how to be the best husband. He can teach you how to be the best boss, the best follower, the best anything, because he is the best. And he's here right now, always available to you. And he likes you. He likes you. He wants to help you in your life. He likes me. And he's helped me get traction in the different areas that make up your life over the last 10 years. And so I just want to talk about what that's looked like. Uh, for me, it's, it's helpful to think of things in kind of like analogy. And so it's kind of like riding a bike. Getting traction in the short term is like riding a bike. And when you ride a bike, in the very beginning, when you're riding your bike towards a destination, the first like, couple pedals are very difficult. It takes a lot of focused attention. Sometimes you have to stand up and kind of like push the, the, you know, the pedal down. But after you get five, six spins, then you're on a different kind of level. Now it's all about getting acceleration. It's about getting momentum and, and really building speed up. And that requires kind of this rhythmic pedaling, this patterning with your legs. And you're not thinking about it anymore. You're not deciding every single leg pedal. You've got kind of a pattern down. So you have to get started. You have to establish a pattern. Uh, And then if you're riding your bike towards a destination, you have to avoid um, potholes, things that are going to cause you to fall off your bike. Uh, When I was a kid, I, I hit a rock, went off the front of the bike, and I woke up on the ground, knocked me out, screwed me up. I didn't see the rock. So when you're riding your bike, you've got to see the things that are going to possibly cause you to, to slow down or, or fall off. And the last thing is you have to stay alert. My little boy is five, and he's learning how to ride a bike, and he looks down at his feet. And I keep telling him, look up, because up in, in front of you is, is the important place to be looking. And when you're looking in front of you, you can see opportunities, shortcuts, fast tracks, 
and you can see potential roadblocks and dead ends. And as I walk with the Lord and I tried to get traction in the short term in the different areas of my life, it's kind of worked kind of like riding a bike. So the first thing is that I have to intelligently handle right now. That's what it means to get going in something. So for me, getting going, taking those first couple steps in an area, that's always the hardest thing because I don't want to. I don't want to get up when the alarm goes off. I want to hit snooze. You know, I don't want to say no to seconds to dessert. I want to have more dessert. You know, I don't want to say yes to a budget and say no to spending money on electronics. But, you know, establishing patterns of budgeting, eating right, getting up early on time so I can get my day started right, those are, those are things I should do. And so motivation is something I really need. And the Lord Jesus has really helped me get motivated in those areas. The second thing is once you get moving, once you start getting traction, then the next step is, is to keep Really, it's to build and then keep helpful patterns and routines. Proverbs 17:24 says, Sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. They might get going. They might get the first couple go-rounds. You know, the fool makes great New Year's resolutions, and they last for a week or two, but they never quite establish the patterns necessary to really accelerate. And in our life, there's patterns that we have to build everywhere. You know, we've got to budget. We've got to learn how to relate to people. We've got to learn how to lead. We've got to learn how to follow. But there's a, there's a couple core patterns that in my particular life over the last decade, um, as I've established a relationship with the Lord Jesus where I talk to him and he talks to me, that has kind of overflowed into the other areas of my life. I've been able to kind of start to get traction financially because the Lord is helping me do that. And I've been able to start turning away, turning around my relational patterns that I, that I kind of built over my life so that I can relate to my wife and my kids the right way. So to establish good, solid patterns and keep them, um, your relationship with the God who is there is key. And for me, talking to him, that's prayer, and him talking to me, that's reading my Bible. Those two particular habits have really helped me uh, grow in that relationship and then get traction in other areas. So back to the metaphor, you know, you've got your, your pedals, you've, you're, you've gotten over the hump, you're starting to move, you're accelerating because you've established good patterns. And the next thing is that you're going to hit some sort of roadblock, detour, pothole, whatever you want to call it. We always lose momentum, you know? It's like we, we've been watching our weight, we lose a couple pounds, we hit the holidays, we pig out, we get back on the scale, and all the weight we lost is back on. Or, you know, we're saving money so we can pay off debt, we're trying to get out of a financial hole, and the car breaks. And all the savings goes to the car. And you feel like you're just, you stopped. Or maybe you just feel overwhelmed. You've been trying to get traction in a relationship or at home. You feel stressed out. In those cases, as I've experienced them, I have to push through. And uh, pushing through is kind of a strategy that we use to flex in faith. So pushing through means this. It means you pray instead of panic. Last Tuesday, I freaked out. This Tuesday that passed. Uh, I was... I was preparing for this message, and, you know, I don't, I don't preach much, and so I was stressed out about what I was going to say. And uh, I was just starting the school year, and I wasn't prepared. And I, like I said, I started a company. It's called PrayBuzz, and some things were going wrong, and I couldn't quite fix them because I couldn't get in contact with the people I needed to. And then I got a bill from $65 from the toll road for, my, for running a toll, but I didn't run a toll. But they're like, if you don't pay today, we're going to send it to the DMV. So I'm like, stressed out about that. And then my son was starting to do a little bit of school, and I wanted to encourage him. And on and on, I just felt buried. You know, you ever feel like that? Just, just like you're just melting and spinning into a puddle on the floor. 
And so for about four hours, I'm just like, ah, and then it occurred to me I should pray. So I'm in, it's about 7.30 at night. I'm lying on my bed. I'm just like, it's, it's awful. And, uh, and then I just, start, I just start talking to God. I'm like, I don't know what to do. That's how it started. It didn't start with, dear Lord. It started, I don't know what to do. I have all these things to do. I'm trying to do these things. I don't know what to do. And I'm just venting. You know, I'm just letting it all out. And, you know, he, he, he can take it. And uh, as, as I'm telling him how I feel, what I want, I need your help. What do I do? Please help me. As I'm doing that, he is sucking the fear and anxiety out of me. That's what he does. He takes the pain, the frustration, the fear, and he gives you peace instead. And in 2 Timothy 4, 5, it says you should keep, your, keep a clear mind in every situation. There's a way you do that. You keep a clear mind by clearing your mind. And you clear your mind by talking to the Lord Jesus. And he will clear it for you. And then after you have a clear mind, you can now look at the situation. And what was a huge, gigantic thing that it was never going to finish on time was actually about this big. And I realized, okay, actually, I just have two things to do tomorrow. I can do that next thing on Thursday. I can do that thing on Saturday. Hey, this is doable. And all of a sudden, uh, I had a plan. So you, you pray. You understand the situation. You don't panic. You, know, you apply your mind to the situation. Then I came up with a plan. You know, it wasn't the greatest plan in the world, but it was a plan. Strategize. And then you, you act. You, you handle it. And this is a strategy that he will teach you. He will coach you through this process so that you can push through whatever barrier or slowdown or pothole or whatever analogy you want to use is keeping you from getting where you want to go. He will help you do that. And the last thing is he will help you stay alert for two things. The first thing is opportunities to please him. And the second is direction and correction that he's going to send you. In my life... I have seen God bless me as I've tried to please him. One example of this is my job. Eight years ago, I was in a community group with Josh and Erica De La Rosa. They were our leaders. They went off and started church in Orange Crest. And I was also, my wife and I, we were spending a lot of time with Nathan and Tina Lewis. And if you know them, they've walked with God for a very long time. They're very wise. And one thing about them is they really know how to make it a joy for leaders. That's very important to God. And I learned that practically from them. And one of the ways that they make it a joy for leaders is they give them gift cards so that they can go on nice dates. <laughs> and I didn't know that. <laughs> it didn't occur to me. So Josh and Erica just wrapping up the group, and I felt like God was saying, you know, you should try that. So I emailed the group, and everybody's like, yeah, get the gift card. So I went to P.F. Chang's, got him a gift card. And at P.F. Chang's at the bar, there was a guy with a water polo shirt on. I used to play water polo. So we start talking. Long story short, he says to me, what do you do for work? And I say, I'm an aspiring teacher and a water polo coach. What do you do for work? He says, I'm an administrator in the Claremont School District, and we have a history position open, and we need a water polo coach. You should apply. <laughs> so I'm like, that sounds great. Two weeks later, I, I'm sitting in an interview, and two weeks after that, I have a job. And this job is the job I have today. This job has provided more money than we need for the last eight years of my life. And not only that, this is the perfect teaching position for me. Why, do I, why did I get that? I got that because, as best as it made sense, the Lord moved me to try to please him. And as a result, I got blessed. So stay alert in your life. Ask the question, what are the opportunities I have to, to make God happy? And then take them. There's blessing there. The other thing is, is that God will direct you and he will correct you. He will guide you through people and through circumstances. The primary way that God speaks to me has been through the Bible. As I read it and I memorize it, 
the Holy Spirit will bring to life verses through my day. But he also has spoken to me at critical times through other people, sometimes my friends, sometimes my enemies. One example where God has used someone to correct me, to direct me, again, was uh, Nathan, Nathan Lewis. (laughs) Uh, I graduated from college. I had a job at Cold Stone Creamery. They were going to make me a manager of the store. It wasn't what I really wanted to do. It wasn't what I went to school for. And I thought I was hot stuff. And a college graduate should get paid more, he should get benefits, and he should have bonus packages. And I was going to go meet with my general manager and tell him that. And so I was about to go to that meeting, and I ran into Nathan. And he said, and I said to him, I said, hey, pray for me because I'm going to go you know, set my boss straight. And uh, he asked me what was going on. And I said, like, when is that going to happen? I said, I got about two hours. He says, well, let's go get some coffee. <laughs> some of you had these conversations with Nathan. So we went and got some coffee. And he's listening, and I'm, I'm telling him how I'm going to do these things. I'm kind of proud, like, look how good I can be, you know, look how manly I am, look how I'm a big boy who's telling my boss what to do. Because he's kind of arrogant about it. And then I say to him, well, what do you think? And he says, well, first of all, who do you think you are? You have no business experience. You have no management experience. You haven't made these people any money. They've taken all the financial risk, and if you fail, they lose the store. And you're going to go tell them that you deserve a raise? Oh, not what I wanted to hear. And then he said, second of all, if you have bills that you need to pay and the pay that they're giving you is not enough, then you'll have to find a second job because your bills are your bills. It's not their bills. That's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Not what I wanted to hear. Here's what I would say, he said. I would say, I'm very grateful for this job and the opportunity that you're giving me. And I want you to know that I'm going to work really, really hard. And all that I ask is after a year, if I've done a good job, that you will reward me for it. Again, not what I wanted to say. But something that would be very wise to say. So I say what Nathan said to say instead of what I wanted to say. And after I told my boss that, his name was Caesar, he goes, dude, you know what? I just met three other managers. Every single one of these managers told me they should get paid more, they should get a benefits package, and they should get a bonus. Dude, I'm so, I really appreciate your attitude, and I'm going to tell the owners. And I was like, Great. <laughs> that was wonderful. I, I, I moved on from that job a year later. We had a great relationship with the owners, and that was because God kept me from going down a dead end or a detour or a pothole or whatever you want to call it, a bad thing. And he, he, he blocked that. He, he guided me away from that through a person who walks with him, a person who knows him. That was Nathan. And so I've seen God help me to be alert for opportunities that have turned into blessings, a direction that have protected me. And I've noticed that as I try to get traction in the short term, the hardest thing is getting started, but the Lord will help you get started. Getting momentum and accelerating is a big part of that, and the Lord will help you establish patterns. And if you hit a detour, the Lord will help you punch through. You can really trust the Lord. He really likes you. Lord Jesus is a real person. He's here and now with us, and he wants to help you. And if you don't know who he is, and you've never... It's like crazy. This guy's talking about Jesus. If that sounds like if that's the way it is to you, then then ask the person you came with to tell you what that means to them. Or, or write on the connection card, I'd like to know more about it, because he has turned my life around, and, and he is helping me build a life that I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy with. And he'll do that for you as well. So. Thanks, Matt. Uh, in closing, I want to invite the band up, and I want to just to walk through uh, some next steps. And uh, next steps are really powerful tools that you can do to help you make traction. Uh, we come up with just some suggested ideas. You can write your own. If there's something that you just see, seem that it seems like God is telling you to do, 
or something that you need to investigate, uh, let us know and we'd love to help you uh, in that. Uh, but the first thing is, is maybe you want to memorize Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 17, the scriptures we talked about today. If you've never memorized that, it's a key verse to kind of remembering how to understand what the God wants you to do. And so you can commit that to memory to be a help to you as you face different things. Uh, second is um, take some time this week to look over that key activities that you can do to help your spiritual growth. If there's some that you've just kind of got out of habit of doing or there's something that you've never done, uh, choose one of those that you can begin to apply. Again, if you need help, uh, let us know on the connection card and the, the church staff would love to help you any way that we can. Uh, another next step is if you could pray that all of us at Church in the Valley will get the right traction that we need, especially as we are entering in uh, to multiply the campuses. Uh, if you could just pray that God will be at the center of our attention and that we'll do the habits necessarily to really bring about uh, really the ends that, that we need that God will provide for us. Uh, there's a couple more on there related to a next step that you may want to take with Church in the Valley. Uh, like Randy mentioned, if you've never been baptized, uh, I encourage you to check out the baptism overview. If you've committed your life to follow Christ and you've not done that, but you're curious about what that means, the overview is there to, to answer those questions you may have. And the, the last thing is if you've attended the CIV preview and you want to take another step towards church membership of joining the team here at Church in the Valley, you can attend uh, Discovering Church in the Valley. Uh, that's coming up uh, later in the month. So you could sign up for that. And uh, we'd love to pray for you as well. If you have any prayer requests, you can let us know. As soon as I'm done praying, the, uh, the offering will be received and you can drop that uh, connection card in there. Uh, let's pray together. God, thank you for your presence with us and the fact that you are a God that when we invite you in, you, you meet us where we are and you actually make a difference uh, in every aspect of our life as we surrender to you. And uh, we, we do want to know you better. Uh, we want to understand how you work. And so, God, help us just to see if there's anything that we just just have a misthought about who you are or how you relate to us. Uh, God, may your scripture uh, just give us the right perspective or provide somebody that can help us or give us the right sense of how to think about the things that we're facing. And, God, we do want to make the right traction and we want to grow. And, God, thank you that you're a God that because you're our Father, you care about that. Yeah, you really do care about us. And so we, we thank you for that in your presence. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.